It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Hey, see, we have a live audience here, live people. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery at Lindbergh Plaza on Camellia Lane. We are indeed. We have giveaways. We've got uh, WSB t-shirts. I've got, I haven't shared this with our audience this morning yet, but I have these, ooh, they're heavy, Southern Living Garden books, which I'll give away a couple of those this morning. We give away things generally on trivia. Trivia questions, if you know the answer to the trivia question, you get a prize. And so I have both now the uh, Baby Boomers trivia game as well as the 1980s trivia game. So all ages are welcome to come and participate in our trivia quizzes. Perhaps weren't earned some of these prizes. We also have tickets. What else we got in here? Ooh, Fifth Third Bank, Broadway in Atlanta. Pippin, you get to see Pippin in row F at the Fox Theater. That would be pretty nice. We'll give away some sets of tickets to that. And not only that, but we have, what else is in here? Take us to the uh, Cobb Energy Center, Ron White and the Nutcracker. It is sort of early for the Nutcracker for Christmas right now. Oh, Ron White is a comedian. Okay, Ron White, the comedian, is not going to be starring in the Nutcracker at the Cobb Energy Center. And we got some tickets to the Atlanta International Auto Show as well that we will give away again just to people who come to the Pike Nursery at Lindbergh. They're the only ones eligible to win. Coming on the line right now, Sonny is in Florida, way down in sunny Florida, and calls us this morning. Hey, Sonny, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Um, during the ice storm about a month or so ago, I have a river birch in my yard and um, took a pretty big hit. Yeah. And had about 20, 25% of it removed. Some major branches had, were broken. Now it looks like it's raining underneath it. <laughs> Is that normal for that type of severe trimming? Absolutely normal. Okay. Do I need That's to what do happens when you like trim maples. Or? Will uh, weep, grapevines will weep, uh, dogwoods will weep, river birch will weep, and it's something that just, you know, they got some sap inside and no place to put it, so they just weep it out the end of the branch that got trimmed. Right. Will it heal itself? It will heal itself. It'll eventually stop. And, you know, honestly, uh, Sonny, I've had people who put pint jars underneath the limbs that were drip, drip, dripping sap out of them, and they would collect easily a couple of pints in a day or so. So it can be worrisome. You see that sap? <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think though it'll be fine. There's nothing wrong with it. The river birch will gradually seal off that wound, and no more crying after that. Very good. Is Mickey there? Mickey is right here beside me. I'm touching I'm her at here. this very minute. Yes, sir. Can, can I just say hello? I think if I know her maiden name, we actually went to Sylvan <laughs> Elementary together six or eight months ago. Yeah, yeah. My name was Fishback. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was you. So. We grew up together there in that wonderful area of Sylvan Hills. That's yes, exactly right. right. And she is married now to Stan, and you just didn't get to get to marry her, I guess, Sonny, if you were had a crush on her or something <laughs> like that. She's a good-looking lady. So uh, uh, it, it's just so odd that all of us native Atlantans are still here. It's just so many others decided to join us, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. Mickey Fishback. Uh, 
Gasway. Gasway. I've got to turn <laughs> to their stand back there trying to think about Mickey Fishback Gasway. Thanks for calling, Sonny. Thank you. And we're, do you remember Sonny a little bit? No? Yeah, I Maybe I called him something else. Maybe, <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of people got named other things during high school. We got uh, Chuck in Sandy Springs who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Chuck, good morning. Hello, sir. Good morning, Hi. sir. I trimmed some hollies uh, that were by about 12, 13 feet tall back in October. In the fall, it's just getting cool, and yeah, I, there I trimmed them about waist high, so maybe a little bit over waist high with the chain. Okay. Off. So when should I expect them things start coming back? I when it's warm, a little bit warmer than now. They okay. don't do much, if any, growth during the cold weather to recover from the pruning. But what do you think, Mickey? In yeah, mid-April, May, yeah, May, May, maybe. Probably. Yeah. It, you should see something by then. And that's the point you need to fertilize them, I think, when they start putting on new growth. How, how big do you want it to be, Chuck? I mean, do you want it to be 5 feet tall, 10 feet tall again? What are you looking for? No, I, I did not want them 12, 13 feet high. I just wanted them, you know, about, I mean, I'm 6 foot, so no no taller than me. Just, you know, uh-huh. and keep them a nice shape, you know. I don't want them to get huge again. What kind of hollies are they? Uh, no, that I don't. You know, I don't know. It, I know I'm going to say Burford Holly. Burford that big, Nelly, Burford Nelly's Holly. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, just standard yeah. Hollies that grow around here. You know, not the ones from Florida. You know what I'm. You know, so just yeah. the ones that kind of grow around here in this soil. I mean, all it takes is sort of periodic but continuous maintenance of pruning back the long sprouts because if it got to 12 feet now, it wants to be 12 okay. feet again if you don't come by and cut the sprouts right. pretty regularly every month or two during the summertime. So you just have to do that. You can keep it at five feet pretty easily. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate the information. Thank you very much. Hey, it's great talking to you, Chuck. Thanks right, for calling. Thanks. Bye-bye. We've got, oh, Vu. He is growing bamboo or thinking about contemplating growing bamboo. Vu, Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Boo. Good to talk to yeah. you. Why, why do you want to plant bamboo, Boo? Why do you want to plant this stuff? Oh, because I love bamboo. Because back there, when I was back at our motorhome, every time when I wake up and I, I see the bamboos, you know, yeah. the leaves moving around and birds flying around, and, and I love that kind of nature early in the morning when you yeah. get a cup of coffee. So, uh, so I've been here about 22 years, and and I always love to have the bamboo in my yard. So I've been working and saving less money for that. But I heard that my fans say that uh, if you plant the bamboo in your yard, it's going to kill your rats and kill everything <laughs> else. So what could be your advice? Yeah. Well, um, I mean... I think it's almost always true. If you plant bamboo without a plan for con- controlling it and corralling it somehow, boo, you're eventually you and your neighbors are going to be sorry that you planted the bamboo. Mickey, who was it that said there's no such thing as a... Dr. Chapel. All right, there's a okay. professor at University of Georgia who says there is no such thing as a clumping bamboo that stays where you planted it without moving around the neighborhood. And I tend to agree with that. Every bamboo clump I see is probably bigger than the person who planted it ever thought it was going to be. So if you're going to plant bamboo, you have to make some way of corralling it, corralling the roots. They don't go anywhere. And there are places online where you can buy bamboo plants themselves and supplies for doing it. And they have these real thick rubber uh, mats that you put in a circle down in a trench around where you plant the bamboo. That's how to plant it if you want to. But... You know, Vu, if you've got neighbors that are really close to you, yeah, I don't think bamboo is the greatest thing to plant. There's, they've got to be a 
got to be a corral on their side of the property as well, so it doesn't get into their yard as well as into your backyard, or too. Maybe do some in a container, you think? Yeah, yeah, and I showed a picture just yesterday, Mickey. I was <clears throat> over in uh, South Carolina, and I showed a picture of a bamboo sprout coming up through the wood beside a hearth in somebody's front uh, room of their house because they had planted bamboo in a container. It found yeah. a little drainage hole yeah. in the bottom of the pot, went down, went across underneath the house, underneath the front porch, into their front room, and saw a little bit of light right there next to the fireplace, and it was sprouting through the wood, that little crack by the fireplace. So bamboo, uh, even in a container, can be invasive. Yeah, I was thinking about to... Uh, to dig the big hole and to put the concrete in there to stop the roots is, is, is mm. going out to my neighbor. So I, I, is it a good idea? Uh, what, what do you think? I think a flexible barrier is better than concrete. Um, okay. Flexible barrier. You can buy stuff. I'll tell you, you can go to any of the hardware stores and buy what I call corrugated roofing uh, panels, I guess is the right word for them. And if you take those corrugated roofing panels and they are some of them, if you put them on the, the flimsy side, will uh, stretch and curve around underground about two feet down is how deep you have to uh, bury them. And you can make a barrier yourself out of materials from the hardware store or buy it online from these folks in Alabama. But somewhere, somehow, though, you've got to have a barrier. If you don't have a barrier to bamboo, again, you and your neighbors are not going to be happy at all. Good advice, Mickey? Amen. Amen. All right. Amen from the Amen Corner over here. Just before we go to Kathy in Dallas. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Hey, Walter. I went down to South Georgia several weeks ago and listened to about 20 um, podcasts of oh, the show, and you and Mickey every week talk about Edgeworthy. Yeah, sure. So I purchased some, and I read that it's, what, part sun, part shade. But the one I purchased has no leaves on it, so is it going to look like that when it doesn't bloom, or is it going to... Have leaves all year round, yeah, or what? Uh, big leaves. It, get leaves. it gets blooms, and then it gets leaves. Mine doesn't have any leaves on it yet. Right. It's been in for years. So it is not evergreen, Kathy. It does lose mm -hmm. its leaves in the wintertime. The flowers come precociously before the leaves appear in the spring. And then after, I guess, after the next two weeks from yeah, now. Sure. I, in fact, I saw little bitty leaf Mine buds may have, coming I out. haven't yeah. noticed it on my, I noticed But it'll it get leaves in a couple of weeks, Kathy, <laughs> and it'll be green throughout the uh, summer. And then come fall, when all the other trees are losing their leaves, the Edgeworthia will lose its leaves, too. Okay. Thank you so all much. All right. You're okay. Hello. You'll like it. All right, all y'all talked about for three months. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, we got plants sometimes that get our little it pets. It smells good, too. And it's, well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. Yes, for the first time I smell Edgeworthia, I think, oh, what a pleasant smell. Here it is. Spring mm -hmm. is on its way, et cetera, et cetera. But after about a week of smelling it, it, it begins mm -hmm. to smell like yeah, I agree. dogs had been yeah. using their business right around yeah, there. Yeah, when something. it starts to rot, the, the flowers maybe that's it. Rot. Okay, because it's been so wet, don't you think? Maybe, maybe the maybe. flowers rotted. I hadn't noticed it before this year. But, but. there are times when an Edgeworthia is not mm -hmm. going to be the most pleasant thing around. It's like children, you know. Sometimes they're nice. Sometimes they smell Just like take the, take the blooms off. If All right, that's a good right. idea. Take the blooms off. Good idea. It is seven eighteen at News Talk WSB, and you're listening to Long and garden. 724 and a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's basically going to be relatively nice on the chilly side today. Highs in the in the low 50s. Clear tonight. Highs going over the lows overnight going down to the very, very high 20s. We're not sure whether you need to protect your plants. I'm saying not. 
But if you have something particularly tender that you just put outside, like tomatoes or peppers or something like that, it might be a good idea to throw a, a cardboard box or a sheet or something like that on top of it. Your full weekend forecast from Kirk Mattis comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. John is at McDonough, and John joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, John, Walter. good morning. Hey, Walter, John. I need some help. Tell it to me, John. What's the problem? What's troubling you? Well, my, my landscape help committed a little crepe murder oh. and uh, need to figure out what we can do to save these things now that they're cut down from 20 feet down to about 8 feet. You are kidding me. No, I'm not. So they just took a chainsaw and cut it off at 8 feet? Yeah, pretty much. Woo, miscommunication there. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, it can be, it can recover. Crepe myrtles are going to recover from any kind of pruning you give to them. If you do it correctly, it'll be sooner. If you do it incorrectly, it'll be later. I guess what I would do is let it sprout and select one of the strongest, fastest, quickest sprouts that comes out as being your new main trunk. And if you intend for it to get up to 15 or maybe 20 feet high, then use that main trunk that sprouts out this uh, spring and summer as your new mm -hmm. trunk. There'll be a little crick or a little crookedy thing right there where the, the sprout meets the trunk. And then just... Culture it as you would any crepe myrtle, and don't use those guys to do any more pruning in your yard. That's what I would do. Any fertilizer or anything I could put on there to help them? Nah, is it near a lawn that you're fertilizing the lawn during the year? Mm, no, not too much. If it's not getting fertilizer from you just applying it to the lawn, I would say, yeah, get some 10-10-10 or get one of the organic fertilizers and put on there and water it in. I'm, certainly it's not going to hurt anything. And a little bit of fertilizer might help things a lot to get it faster growing so that sprout in the, on the trunks goes quickly tall and so you can let it start getting its, uh, its shape. All righty. Well, All righty. How long will it take for it to look, look pretty decent? Mickey, what do you think? A year or two? Yeah, a year or so. It probably it probably it'll leaf out this year. Oh yeah. Um, it's just not going to be like it was last year. But um, you know, the, I think they were. A year or two from yeah. now, all you'll yeah. have is that little crook to remind Easy. you of the time the landscapers cut down your crepe myrtle tree. So uh, I think you got you know some months to look forward to of not looking like much of anything. But eventually, year maybe two from now, it's going to look fine. And you won't remember this anymore. Thanks for calling, John. We got to get out of here. Hey, what time is it? 727 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Yeah, more people. You can, you can tell the Dunkin' Donuts coffee has had an effect on the audience this morning. We are broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery at Lindbergh Plaza on Camellia Lane, and we do have Dunkin' Donuts coffee and bagels and donuts for people to eat here, and it must have given you all the super calf version of the Dunkin' Donuts coffee because they're <laughs> wired this morning. Uh, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery is alongside me here. If you want to come visit us, we'll be here till 9 o'clock this morning, and you can get breakfast and you get a little coffee and ask, uh, ask questions of me and Mickey and also. <laughs> So we will ask you trivial pursuit questions from not only the baby boomer 
set of cards, but also the 1980s set of cards for the younger folks who want to come and join us here. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden, and we have Chris, who's out near Monroe, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning. Long-time listener. How are you, Walter? Yeah. I'm fine, Chris. How can we help? I have a uh, yellow azalea hush that um, has moss, the gray moss that usually grows like on dead trees. Um, yeah, sure. I have it on more than one azalea, but especially this one. But it has blooms on it. Yeah. So, Mickey Gasway, you sound like you know what it is. What is it? It sounds like a lichen, and lichens are usually they're indicators that either the plant's growing real slow or lichens don't. You don't see them where, um, unless there's plenty of light. So you're probably losing some leaves. And uh, so you need, just need to get your azalea healthier, and usually the lichens will quit growing. That's exactly right. Sometimes <laughs> you said the azalea was yellow. You mean the leaves were yellow on it, Chris? No, so the blooms are yellow. This one never oh. does get leaves. Now have some it's got to have leaves sometime. Every plant's got to wa- have leaves. I wonder if it's a, a, a deciduous yeah, azalea. Yeah, one of the native so azaleas. Doesn't yeah. get as many leaves as the. Yes, it is. But especially if it's a Mickey yellow was blade. exactly right. If you have lichens on a plant, usually it means that it is just getting way more sun than it should down close to the trunk, mm-hmm. and that if you make the azalea happier or give it a little less sunshine, the lichens just sort of fade away. They can only live in certain environments and. They're associated with decline, but they didn't cause the decline. You know, they were associated with the plant losing foliage and and being sort of thin on top, and that gives you the lichens a place to live. But they don't hurt anything. They just are living on the bark because that's where they like to live. Okay, because like I said, I even have them on some of my huge other azaleas, but just on sure, sure. You know, the best thing you can do is probably to fertilize the azaleas, get some azalea camellia food and fertilize them. And when you fertilize, you'll make more leaves, and the more leaves will make less sunshine on the lichens, and they're all gone away. No need to scrape them off. No need to spray them with anything. It's just not going to do anything for the plant other than you need to do something to make the plant healthier. That's what I think has to be happening. Diane is in Woodstock, and Diane joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Diane, how's your fig tree? Oh, my goodness. We have to play taps over it. <laughs> it did die because of the ambrosia beetles. Yeah. And what I did was put it back to about two and a half feet. Hold on, I've got your speaker. Let me take you off. Okay. Okay. Um, I cut it back to about two and a half feet because there were shoots coming up from around it. Sure. Now, do I have to be worried about the ambrosia beetle coming back to the new shoots? Not necessarily, and I say that because I had ambrosia beetle in my fig one, two, three, four years ago, and there were a lot of those little toothpicks coming out of the limbs of my big fig, and the end, you know, beyond that point, yes, it died just like your fig died as well. But after that one time four years ago, I've never seen ambrosia beetles on my fig again. So something in the environment controlled them. Their population didn't continue to, to get more numerous or anything like that. For listeners who are thinking, what, is we, what are we talking about with ambrosia beetle? It is a small, tiny, I mean barely a quarter inch or less, maybe an eighth of an inch long, that bores into the limbs and trunks of crepe myrtles and figs and Japanese maples. They're out right now looking for a place to drill their little hole, but they're generally death-dealing to the part of the plant beyond where they, where they make their holes. 
So to, I guess to answer your question, I don't know, Jane, that you need to worry about it. Although if you have uh, susceptible plants, it might not be a bad idea to spray insecticide, water-based insecticide on the uh, trunks to keep the few that might be still looking around for your fig tree at bay. That's what okay, I think I'd they, do. Do they, um, they just um, like the living trees? Because I've got a bunch of the dead limbs I cut off. They're not going to go to the dead ones, are they? No, not at all. They like living trees. They want to be okay. there to lay their eggs inside the hole they make on a living tree. Nothing dead. All right. Thanks for your help. I've enjoyed hey, it's great talking to you, you and Mickey both. Thank you, Jane. We appreciate it. Vernon is in Jackson, Georgia, down in Butts County, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Vernon, good morning. Good morning. How do I keep the deer out of my garden? Uh, just basically, <laughs> tomatoes what I'm growing. Deer is everywhere. Sure. And they eat what? Tomatoes, daylily, hosta, deer are non-discriminatory on what they eat. Mickey, what do you think? What I mean, it is so hard to figure out what to do about deer. I think the only thing that's absolutely foolproof is fence. Yeah. A tall fence, but you can't always do that. So we have some repellents that you can use, um, that, and they work. You, you have to do them just like they say. You have to do them regularly. And you can train the deer to stay away from your garden, but you, you've got you've to do it right. You start off, I think it says, once a week or once every two weeks, and then once a month and so forth. I, my, we have one called liquid fence that <laughs> seems to be work real Speaking good. Speaking of fence, now you, we've mentioned fence a couple <laughs> of times, and it's certainly true if you have a tall chain-link fence the deer can't get over, that's 100% guaranteed. But there's another kind of fence, Vernon, you yeah. might consider, and that's an electric fence. Have you ever worked with electric fences for controlling <laughs> cattle and things like that? Yep. If you, have, if you know how electric fences work, you put the little stakes in the ground. And in your case, you could consider putting the stakes in the ground around your garden and uh, training. And Mickey mentioned about training the deer not to come and eat your plants. But you can train a deer to avoid wherever the electric fence is strung by taking peanut butter yeah. and uh, a piece of aluminum foil and putting the peanut butter on the fence and then wrapping it up with aluminum foil, leaving a little tail to rattle in the wind. And then when the deer come up to your garden at night saying, oh, look over there, it's Vernon's tomatoes, let's have something to eat, and they touch that fence that smells like peanut butter, then wow, they don't like that. They get electrocuted, and they run off into the woods. So if you want to run an electric fence around a garden, put the wire about three feet off the ground, maybe another one about a foot down so the little fawns can't get in. But that would control deer pretty effectively. You could also try mill organite. Yeah, sure. Some people swear by that. It's a, a fertilizer, and it's made from sewage sludge, so it's got, they can smell it. Yeah, they don't like it either. You can like actually use that on your garden now. You used to couldn't, but you can actually use it in your garden now. Um, so you might try that. that mill organite, you find it any um, Ace Hardware. Pike certainly has a bunch of it. So you can find mill organite around, and it's a smell repellent <laughs> that also deters deer. Cool. Thank you. All right. Cool. All right, Vernon. Get out there and protect those tomatoes. We don't want anybody hurting his tomatoes. Let's see. Coming up next, we got we got time to do Mike here. Mike is in Dallas, GA, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Good morning, Mick. How, how can we help? Uh, last year, I planted a uh, fuchsia. I sort of experimented and put a fuchsia in the ground instead of in a pot or hanging basket. Um, of course, it died come fall, but uh, this spring it is putting out uh, some 
some grain down at the ground. Wow. Is that something I can expect to remain perennial in this area? Wow. All right, West Cobb, Dallas, Georgia, fuchsia. What do you think, Usually Nikki? the heat is what gets fuchsia as opposed to the cold. But I didn't realize they were perennial. We sell them as annual. Yeah, I mean, so in I don't most know. winters, Could they be. are going to be annual. Yeah. Yeah. So our yeah, answer is basically you're a lucky man. Continue <laughs> to take care of it and enjoy the flowers when they come. Yeah. But don't expect every year for it to come yeah. back because I'm not sure it will. Do you know which one it was? Do you know which fish it was? It's, uh, it was uh, red, red outside with the blue uh, middle. Hmm. Red outside the blue middle. That doesn't give us much yeah, to go on there. All we can say, if when things happen <laughs> like this, it just we are totally unexpected to happen, you just enjoy it. Yeah. You enjoy it until you can't enjoy it anymore, and then you dig it up and throw it away. Yeah, right, right. All right, thank you very much. Hey, it's thank great you. talking to you, Mike. Thanks for calling. Chris says she has a tree. It has lots of roots underneath it. She wants to learn what she can plant underneath there. Chris, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. How can yes, we help? I, I've got a very big shade tree that has the roots coming up on the ground. And I want to uh, plant hostas around it because the grass won't grow there. And I sure. wanted to know, do I need to put soil on top of the roots or just plant my hostas in between? What would you say, Mickey? You don't want to put too much soil on it, but I think you can put it in pockets here and there. I don't think it hurts anything. Um, I don't I don't know how well the hosta, because hosta has to have a lot of water, and the roots are going to get the water first. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to give it some extra water. There might be some other things that you could do under there that might be more successful than hosta. You know, I'd what? probably try some vinca minor or something like that under there. But in answer to your real question, can you make little pockets of yeah. you to add soil? Not usually. You could add a little bit of soil if you need to to make a planting cl- rich yeah, area. Yeah, but not over the whole. Yeah, but not over the whole root spread <laughs> of the tree. So yes, you can plant things like hosta, like um, ferns would look nice underneath there. Vinca minor, a little vine that blooms uh, blue right about now, and mm-hmm. so there are tree or plants that could grow underneath the tree. And I don't think you need to tear up the roots and do anything dangerous mm-hmm. to the tree at all. But you're gonna have to keep them watered more than you would. Yeah, keep them watered. Just keep what an about eye out for Ah, sure, a little bit of slow fertilizer. Yeah, I mean, not 10-10-10. That's called a fast fertilizer because it dissolves in the rain when the rain comes. But a slow fertilizer like Milorganite, we mentioned that earlier. The E.B. Stone, all those are fertilizers. That Pike Pike, uh, sells is great fertilizer, real slow-release fertilizer. That would work fine. Okay, what is the one that Pike does? It's called E.B. Stone. It's a company, and they make one for flowers, and they make... A bunch of different ones, but there's one for flowers, and that would probably be the one you'd want. Okay. Well, great. I'll give it a try. Give it a try. That's all you can do. That's what gardeners do. One of my friends says the Mm -hmm. best way to become a gardener is to be able to set cash on fire. (laughs) So... So, if you're willing to set a little cash on, fly, on fire, you will become a very experienced gardener. Thanks so much for listening. Right now it's 747, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News of WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security, a live audience here at Pike Nursery in Lindbergh. 
But if you want to know what the weather's going to be tonight, the general forecast highs in the low 50s during the afternoon and overnight getting into the yeah, the high 20s, possibly a little damage to plants, although I don't think it's going to be cold enough or long enough to hurt the plants. But basically your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I don't think, I hope I'm right, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be cold enough that you need to uh, protect your plants. Let's go to the phones. We've got uh, who? Spencer. Spencer, come to us from Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Spencer. Walter, uh, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. And I must say that uh, a radio show like yours made me proud to be in Georgia. Well, Spencer, you are so nice. Did your check come? Have you got that check that I sent over to you for saying things like that? I got it, but I, I think it bounced, Walter. It did not bounce. I had at least $10 in my checking account with that, with that check I sent you. So what's the question? Um, but a neighbor of mine has cactuses, and they say that yes, you don't supposed to have no cactus in a plastic uh, container. Yeah. And I called Pike Nursery, and they told me they well, think about plastic is it doesn't let the water leach out. Uh, you can is easily to overwater. So I just wanted yeah. to see if you can give me a few little pointers um, about how to take. I was just doing very, both of them are doing well. The one that I transplanted, and I, you I know, I frankly, I think that the the advice you were given, Spencer, makes a lot of sense to me. That plastic pots don't yep. evaporate water through the walls very readily and so a clay pot <clears throat> or something that has some ventilation on the side of it there are different kinds of pots that you can buy sometimes that might give you more aeration maybe it's the word i'm looking for there and if you use a cactus uh, soil and there's plenty of examples of cactus soil at pike and put your cactus in that they like good fast draining soil they like to be watered and then dry out then watered and then dry out sort of like orchids are and if you do that and you don't have so much water around the roots you can have cactus that's another one making sometimes it can be like you said christmas cactus mm -hmm. sometimes little ball cacti that grandmother had a long time ago they can be pretty uh pretty persistent in a home but if bottom line good drainage that's yeah. what you got to have spencer Thanks for calling, Spencer. I got to go. Let's see. We got time for one more person here. What about Roy in Alabama and Tucker? I mean, Roy. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Reed? Roy, I'm doing fine. How can I help? Uh, I want to ask you about a red uh, a poppy, red poppy ornamental. I guess that's why you said it last time. Sure. Uh, what about would, it? Will it grow in a in a not a pot a container? I'll put it like that. Now, is this a poppy that, uh, like, a poppy that you planted from seed initially, or what kind of poppy are I we think talking it's about? It's a root. I just got it the other day. I think it's from a root stem. I don't know. No, that doesn't sound poppy like anemone. a poppy. Anemone, anemone is anemone a poppy. Okay, anemone. I bet that's what it is. Okay, anemone is a different kind of plant, but they call them anemone poppy sometimes. Yeah. So, what's the question, real quick? Well, I mean, uh, uh, hot. Uh, is that a good thing to put it in a, in a pot like a, a container? 
I don't see why not. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just say, Mickey. You could do it in a container. You should grow them outside. Yeah, it's, a, it's an outdoor plant. What I mean, plant. it's yeah. going to be outside. What I mean, it's going to be in a container yeah. on the outside. I put like Anything that. you can grow in the ground, you can grow in a pot. Yes, you've got a big enough pot. But, okay. Um, the only thing you have to worry about is making sure it stays watered appropriately for the plant. And so with cactus, as I said, you water it heavily, let it dry out. But outside in a pot would be fine. No problem with that for anemones, if that indeed is the plant we're talking about here. Roy, i got to go, but thanks for calling. It's 7.57. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news.